Hello, I'm Charlotte Watts. Welcome to these podcasts that were first broadcast live in my Facebook group, Charlotte Watts Calm. Hope you enjoy them. And if you want more, please look at my website, charlottewattshealth.com. Hello, welcome to this session on uh, why love matters. And I really wanted to be clear here particularly for those of you who are listening live, it's on Valentine's Day. And for those who are not listening on this day, then I'm sure you're aware of the implications of that. It's a really um, tricky time, I think, for many people. It's wonderful for some who are kind of, you know, in those throes of romantic love and are also with or a partner who is or are themselves of that kind of demonstrative time. I struggle with it because I don't like kind of being told when to emote and that I should be demonstrative at certain times. So whether I'm in a relationship or not, I really struggle with that kind of social expectation. It's not what I want to be governed by. And I think one of the things particularly now, and I have stayed away from, and I I do generally, but I particularly today stayed away from social media and that kind of potential of outpouring of either how happy or unhappy or our needs or what we have, what we don't have, and the potential for comparison and the potential to feel and feel we need something because someone else has it or that we should feel that we need or want what another has. And I think those expectations now and those comparisons are are really high and what that means in terms of buying stuff buying into stuff that has hearts on it or is a red color um it's huge and all of that um it really it preys into stuff that humans really need and that's what I think I really want to touch on here and just so that we recognize that this is a need that we have whether we're in a relationship or not human beings have needs for connection. We are wired for connection and for love. And that does not necessarily mean romantic love, although it for many is um, the ultimate expression of that, obviously, because that comes with an intimacy. It comes with the potential of sexual connection, whole host of things where we can get to explore within hopefully a trusting environment Uh, but that certainly doesn't negate the love that we get from friendship from family from even pets from groups from group activities from a whole host of things that really satisfy what it is that we are from our past from our uh, our evolutionary history of cooperation and being pack animals So part of the reason we have these big brains is because we learn to cooperate. We learn to live within tribes. We learn to hunt together. We learn to gather together. We learn to look out for each other, which became really, really useful when we stood up. Because when we became bipedal, we learned to stand up on two legs. We lost a lot of stuff. We lost a lot of strength. We lost the ability to climb trees as well. Um, We lost the ability to run as fast. So our payoff for having these big brains was to be less strong, less fast and less able to look after ourselves. And 
that came with a huge amount of cooperation and cooperation in turn was what allowed our brains to become bigger. And part of that becoming bigger was developing this frontal lobe that allows us to be conscious of our experience, conscious of our relationships, conscious of the long-term effects, the short-term effects, conscious of to be able to process our emotions and to be able to really form long-term bonds to form a sense of trust that we understand and can deconstruct and make sense of and we can take that into future relationships so we have that connection with the past we can project that into the future and we can tell story and we love stories about love and connection and we love stories about the jeopardy of lack of trust or betrayal and All of that stuff really feeds into this ability we have with these frontal brains to have imagination and to make up things, um, to, to, to be able to tell stories. So all of, you know, our cohesion of tribe is really based around this stuff as well. That, that, um, cohesion and coming together of being able to tell stories about these kind of things and these kind of relationships. And it's, often talked about the fact that humans um, have such a long childhood. We come out of the womb highly underdeveloped. And part of that is having this huge brain that we do needs so much time to be able to develop and to be able to develop in within this context of cohesion and trust and um, learning all of those things that cooperation needs. And when a, a, an adult human isn't in the stress response, so they're, they're relaxed and calm, these big brains use up about 20% of our energy. It goes up to about 70, 80% when we go into the stress response. But a child, uh, their brain is using up about 40% of their, of their energy, of their calorific output at any time, making all these new neuronal pathways, these these what this wiring all the time this wiring for love and one of the things that's most important and we take this into our kind of strategies for love and for coping when we're older is the uh, the level of attachment and attunement the quality of that that we get when we're younger and that which really lays out how safe or unsafe we feel in the world and because we're pack animals and when we and because when we're young we we are dependent on others to notice what's around us and to have that cohesion and to be able to look back at our caregivers and see and get eye contact and see that get our social cues from them really determines uh, how we then are able to form relationships and how we have these attachments when we're older which feel either secure or insecure if you want to read more about this, I really, really recommend a book called Rewire Your Brain for Love by Marsha Lucas. It goes loads into the neuroscience of attachment and attunement when we're young and how that feeds into whether we tend to go into relationships with secure or insecure relationships when we're older, but also how we can rewire, particularly if we weren't given attachment which is healthy attachment we know that we're loved we have that cohesion and we have that touch that comfort that reassurance but also attunement where we feel seen we feel understood 
Um, it's not that thing of, you know, I believe I was brought up by you know, a family who, who I, I, I didn't feel seen by or I don't feel understood me or maybe they, I felt like they were barely connected. You know, those kind of things that we take into, into adulthood, not believing we feel seen or, or heard or maybe deserve to be, or we keep ourselves quiet or don't speak up because we um, fear rocking the boat. All of those things we take into adult relationships and form these strategies which may or may not work for us, but we can kind of keep going around them. We can rewire those into more secure attachment. And she talks a lot about this and how mindfulness really, really helps and can really help us to come down. And that is one of the things that love really helps us to do. So it's, it's a real kind of um, vicious cycle here. When we're able to love fully, when we're able to love with trust, then we can feel we have the involvement, the security, the connection. We can feel respected, valued. We have the sense of belonging that we really feel we really need to be able to relax and not to go into high cortisol, high stress responses, uh, not to be highly reactive, but to be able to move through life with a sense of ease and a sense of adaptability and resilience. And the quality of love that we feel around us and the connection and the cohesion and the feelings of inclusion that we have are shown to ripple out through all aspects of mental and physical health. In fact, loneliness is one of the things that has the highest health risks for people. And that's particularly seen in our, in our older generations who you know, don't necessarily now feel part of the tribe are kind of put out into care homes they don't feel that you know we don't have that sense of extended family where we have the the wisdom of the elders is really respected anymore and it's a really big problem in our in our elder community and it's something that we also need to include back round and in again I don't know if you've seen the kind of programs or the research that's been done on mixing across the generations younger children mixing with um adults in care homes and and all parties getting massive benefits from that. So this love we're talking about is it also extending about the love with, within the tribe that is so intrinsically part of how we need to live. So that reaching out to others is really, really important. And a lot of that is done kind of via social media now. And that has both benefits, particularly people who are translocated, might live in other countries and away from their family but often and it's sort of seen in teenagers now that there's a lot of connection that's via you know smartphones or screens that is actually taken over that connection in real life people don't necessarily feel they need it because they feel they've had some form of connection through a screen which is remote it but it doesn't involve touch it doesn't involve the smell of others even you know how unconscious that is the pheromones the feeling that you're actually, you know, with another person, there is that potential of a connection. It's interesting that uh, some statistics say that teenagers are actually having uh, less sex because they are having kind of more that more connection on social media and they don't have to go through they maybe that kind of um, awkward and horrible teenage kind of mating, courting stuff that, you know, my generations and others had to do, which was painful, but really helped us to learn about those steps of, of intimacy and, and what that really meant. And another thing is that what's really important here is that the, the quality of that love. So often people get confused about 
love needing to be this high, kind of high passion. And when we're young, that's part of the journey as well. That kind of the love equals if it's not really passionate, if it's not, it doesn't have drama, it doesn't have kind of those real highs and lows, then it's not of quality. But actually, as we get older and we really start to understand that the middle way that trust and respect and even taking time has quality, then we start to relax into the idea that actually it's calmness, it's stability, it's steadiness, and it's that that trust and that value and that respect that gives us the kind of love that allows us to to not have to, for, for intimacy to be a stressful event, for it to have to be highs and to raise cortisol, have a heart pumping all the time for it to be quality. Now, that kind of brings us to that point of new relationship, Often that I always felt that the stress of the kind of new and the ambiguity of the new, um, that idea is you're not really sure where you stand and things are a bit, you know, grey, you know, they're not black and white. Are we on or are we off? Um, and often many people struggle with that and will kind of often rush into things because they just want to know, is it on or is it off? You know, um, rather than be with be with ambiguity, which is is quite stressful for us, for human beings to be with a sense of not clear. <laughs> and I have always struggled with that. And that comes from, you know, having lack of an attachment in childhood. Um, I struggle with um, that lack of knowing if I can absolutely trust something or not. And of course, we never know that in life. And actually, the mindful work we do there is actually around the fact that that we never have certainty and it's 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 tough that's a it's a really tough one so in order for us to go through all of these trials and tribulations we need the support of the tribe around us um, around us so we don't feel that going into romantic love is the be all and end all of everything yes it is where kind of a particular type of empathy lies and a typically type sorry a particular type of intimacy lies but when when we go into that kind of romantic love, it's so important to not lose connection with others. It's it's quite a pattern of kind of new love as well, that everything else kind of falls by the wayside. It just doesn't seem as important. So yes, connection out with all of us. Um, and so that we, we really foster that sense of trust. And the larger tribe that recognises we're pack animals, we're pack mammals. And that's really important that we, we need warmth. We need um, warm-blooded animals who need warmth and smell and um, and laughter and touch and hugs. We need that closeness and we need to laugh and be free and happy with others. So that's what I really wish you today. Take care and I will see you soon.